Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there. It's Cole creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. I'd like to take a moment before today's episode to thank some of our newer Patreon members, many of them joining at the new $1 tier to enjoy completely ad-free episodes. Heather Allen, Ari Jokey, NC Infidel, Coffee, Jeremy Snyder, Jackson L., Mercedes M., and Wes Sturgis. Thank you very much for your support. If you'd like to join them in supporting The Town Whispers, head on over to www.patreon.com slash thetownwhispers. And now, back to the show. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog in the trees of a town called The Fort. But what about what's hidden in the basement? What about what peers up at you through the cracks in the floorboards? Listener discretion is advised.
turned away from the deer that lay mutilated on the floor of the dilapidated kitchen. She couldn't look at the gaping wound in its chest any longer, but she could most certainly still smell it. It made her taste copper, her mouth filled with thick spit as the back of her tongue pressed down against her will. She was going to be sick. Oh no. No, 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 not again. She hated the feeling of throwing up. The vicious bitterness of it, the way it pushed unnaturally against all the mechanisms of her body and the little purple dots like sickly freckles it left on her cheeks. I don't know why you insist on being so particular. It's quite lovely. One of the most lovely sights in the world, really. The way the meat falls apart and transforms. Perhaps this is all too much for you. We should go outside, get some air. Maybe you'll return home to mommy and have a nice supper and forget all about, well, everything. Peggy turned sharply, sending daggers out her eyes at the tiller. Oh, all right, you feisty little thing. Might I suggest getting back to business then, and not eating this beautiful sight any longer? She could agree with him on that. She didn't want to see death and decay, even more she wished not to smell it either. With a look of disgust still painting her face, she moved back into the front room. Despite the sight of the stag's dead eyes peering into her just a moment ago, she couldn't help but smile to herself. For the first time in, well, forever, she felt powerful. She discovered she could see and hear hidden things. Peggy wondered if Tom could also... Tom was dead, Peggy reminded herself. She shifted uncomfortably from foot to foot, listening to the creaking in the floorboards underneath them, trying to push Tom out of her mind for a moment. She needed to, if she was to regain the confidence she needed to hear and see the translucent man made of muddy and sad watercolors she'd seen just moments ago. She was eager to find out what secrets he had to tell. Excited, even. Little Peggy Lapont reached into a small pocket her mother had crudely sewn onto the front of her dress for her to accommodate her tomboyish ways and her need to haul back trinkets from the yard. A rock here, a flower there, and in her pocket then she found a small acorn, dried and cracked down its shell on one side. She couldn't remember when she'd stuffed it in her pocket, but it was smooth and soothing and the cracked seam in the shell on its one side and the rough lip of the acorn cap tickled the pad of her thumb as she rubbed it. As she soothed herself, rubbing the smooth acorn, feeling the broken seam in the shell. The hairs on the back of her neck pricked and felt static coursing through the dry, dusty air. 
her face felt numb. Peggy opened her ears and widened her eyes, unfocusing them once more. Yes, take it all then, Peggy. See what is plain to see for those willing to look. The young LaPont girl could feel vibrations of steps in the floorboards as they tickled the heels of her feet. She could feel the invisible man, the one made of watercolors, walking. No, he was... He was pacing. Rhythmically back and forth. Slowly, she moved her head around, careful not to let her eyes settle on any one point or object as she searched for his outline. Ah... There he was. Peggy could see him through the broken glass of the dirt-frosted windows looking out onto the porch, pacing back and forth, back and forth. What worried him, she wondered. But without too much time to ponder the matter, he came striding backwards through where the front door had been. She could see the mimicry of opening the door and then closing it in reverse. The house and its physical form firmly planted in the world while this man or shade of one seemed to be some other place or time entirely. Out of habit, the littlest LaPont moved aside as the man strode into the room, leading with the heels of his feet, shoulders angled against the direction of his momentum. He was moving backwards. She could see that plainly. It only confused Peggy, though obfuscated his intent, his actions, where he had come from and where he was going, or was it rather where he had come from and where he would lead? But if she began to question the logistics and the reality of what she was witnessing, if she really pondered for a moment the cascade of consequences to her own reality and what she was watching play out, well, she couldn't do that. She wouldn't do that, not now, not after a tree, not after the burnt man, not after Edith and Tom, and not after all the odd and unreasonable things that had happened. Would it be so unreasonable to open her mind to these nightmares, to not question too deeply, but to feel the intent in the breaks and cracks in reality? If that was unreasonable, illogical, and improper, then Peggy mused to herself. She would be all of those things, all wrapped up and tied together. If it got her the answers she needed, the ability to fend for herself and avenge her brother and father if she could learn to survive and make it to womanhood, she'd be unreasonable. She'd be improper. She'd accept all the darker shades of the world and the worms that wriggled within. Peggy would go mad staring into the face of nothing before she let it win. Hers was a silent wrath, a rage that did not need to be shouted or spoken. It had grown in the marrow of her bones first and diffused into the blood that coursed through her, that pumped through her heart and pulsed in time with the resounding beat of that heart in her head whenever she thought about the unfair nature of being alive. Peggy watched as the watercolor man stood in the center of the room, staring at the door. 
A look of horror darkened his brow, his chest heaved deeply, a panicked breath. Without warning and startling Peggy, his outline and muddy form lurched about the room, giving Peggy no time to move, it passed right through her. As she turned to face the man, she watched as he brought his hands up high and then back down low, lining up neatly with the edge of the couch, as if he had flipped the couch or rather put it back in place. Had he been looking for something, little Peggy hadn't been sure resisting the truth of the vision, but she could see the man was nowhere, perhaps long gone, not in some other world, not invisible. He was an echo. The words of a song remembered in reverse, the memory of a time long since past. It was madness. It was illogical. The thought was contrary to all she knew of the world, and that was fine with her. The way he moved, backwards, echoing a day and time years before, he looked almost silly. And it would have been silly the way his arms waved and moved with the elbows leading the charge instead of the hands, and the way he leaned against his own momentum if it weren't for the look of absolute panic on his face. As abruptly as the visions had started though, just as Peggy began to see the man more clearly as she learned how not to move her pupils, the man made of watercolors, the echo, settled back into place in the middle of the room, and then vanished. Peggy stood there for a moment longer, eyes and ears and mind open to everything, wondering if he'd return, but he didn't. The static in the air rested as her baby hairs fell a little more limp and lifeless on the back of her neck. Whatever could that have been, I wonder? Isn't the world a wide and mysterious place? So much wonder to be discovered. If you leave your fear and need for arbitrary reality at the door. As the burnt man spoke, Peggy slowly walked, pondering the wordless pain and frantic movements of the man, of the echo and vision of what had once been. She walked to the center of the room and stood aligning her feet where his had been, as best she could, and closed her eyes. Peggy lifted her chin, and opening her eyes looked directly above her from where the noise had come. Covered in cobwebs that bled into the ceiling around it, hidden in the sticky spider woven threads, was a hook. What an educational little romp this has been. Think of how much you might have missed in your life. A door into an attic, and here... We've been strolling through this claustrophobic farmhouse for all this time, and you were unable to see something as plain as that. Humans truly are remarkable in their ability to ignore what they find unseemly and unwanted. Don't you think? If there was a hook in the ceiling, Peggy thought, ignoring the tiller, 
If there was a door into the attic, then surely there would be a rod or something to open it with. Oh, let me give you the gift of my assistance. After all, that's what I've always done for you, Peggy, isn't it? The burnt man walked through the room more freely as the sun dipped and the home began to lose light. Reaching up with his arms that looked too long for his torso, he pinched the crude metal hook with his dirtied fingers, the long yellow nails clicking as they tapped together. The trap door into the attic opened with a clatter as a makeshift hand-built ladder unfolded nearly touching the ground. Peggy looked up into the dark, cavernous attic above, ignoring the sounds of rats as they scuttled into hiding as best she could. She looked over at the burnt man as if to say, Do I have to? Yes, this looks like a job for a little mousy thing such as yourself, don't you think? I wouldn't want to come between you and that which you seek. I'll stay exactly where I am, waiting for you. You go on ahead, though, and watch your step. Attics can be notoriously rickety, especially in old abodes such as this. Well, it was worth a try, she thought to herself, as she looked back up into the dark of the attic. Peggy stepped forwards, grabbing one of the lower rungs of the ladder and without giving time for the anxiety to build, began to climb. The steps were uneven and hollow like thin chicken bones beneath her feet. They bowed under her weight and groaned. She wouldn't fall far if the whole thing crumbled, but it was far enough to make her uneasy in the bottom of her stomach. Reaching up, she grabbed the lip of the attic and hauled herself up into the hidden space. Smelt of mold, of musk, better than the rot of the carcass below, but unpleasant all the same. As her eyes adjusted, Peggy could make out the rat nests in the corners where the eaves met the floor and scattered through the space were the bones of animals. Mostly rodents, it looked like, but some birds and perhaps cats as well. The only light in the attic was a hole in the roof where it looked as if a great big owl had plummeted from up high and crashed like a star through the shingles and wood above. Near the far end, where it was darker and further from where she stood as well as her escape was a scattered messy pile of clothing and knickknacks. She walked forward, squinting into the dark, trying to make out what it was. In the pile was an edge of a rocking horse, light-colored wood and painted. And there was a rolled-up blanket, a quilt half unfurled onto the ground sticking out from the pile. And Peggy could make out the face of a china doll. She'd always wanted one herself, but it had been too expensive, too rich for her father's meager income. Little Peggy stepped to the edge of the pile began gently poking with her fingers, sorting through the mass of belongings thrown so crudely in the corner. Who would have thrown away such a beautiful china doll? Who would let the moths eat such wonderfully crafted and cozy blankets? The rocking horse, too, made with loving hands and care, was moldy and rotten to the core. 
Peggy picked up a dress, looking at a braided cord that rimmed the edge in a decorative manner. She could swear she had an identical dress, but she hadn't seen it in so long. Peggy wondered to herself whimsically, lost in the wave of nostalgia of another life, someone else's life. Where had her dress gone? Her fingers rested on the stiff edge of a frame as she was deep in thought. She gripped it and she could feel the weight of glass. Lifting it out of the pile, she could see it was a picture frame. The glass broken, but the wondrous gem underneath still intact. A photograph. Old and weathered, but a photograph. Oh, Peggy thought how exciting, how luxurious. Who had lived here, she wondered. She'd always wanted her photo taken, but once again, it had always been too much. Too much of an unnecessary indulgence for the meager income of her family. Peggy took the frame in hand and tipped it over, dumping the glass as she went, patting it gently on the back. As she stepped closer to the fleeting light spilling through the tear in the roof, Peggy lifted the photograph to her face. Her mouth opened in awe. Peggy loved photographs. Even the boring ones of old folks kept a memorial. You only ever saw them in the nicer homes or the doctor's office or somewhere else clean and fancy. And it warmed her heart to see a family of three in the photograph as well. And all smiling, their faces were slightly blurry. It looked as if they'd been holding back laughter, trying as hard as they may to stay still. It wasn't enough to ruin the photograph. It was only enough blur to show their liveliness, Peggy thought. Their happiness. No one smiled in photographs. She'd always thought it was a waste to look so stern and be remembered as such stern and angry and mean. All for the sake of a photograph. Her eyes drifted from face to face. The mother standing tall. High cheekbones, straight black hair, and broad shoulders, confident and beautiful, Peggy thought. Then Peggy recognized the man in the photograph as the watercolor echo she'd followed through the home. But seeing him with such bright eyes and jolly demeanor, she forgot about the darkened brow of panic she'd witnessed firsthand. And their daughter. Their daughter. Looked exactly like <laughs> the tiller looked down at Peggy crumpled on the floor a trickle of blood falling from her hairline where her head had collided with the floor her eyes closed reaching down he moved her legs straight and rolled her onto her back placing her hands on her sternum placing a ratty throw from the Chesterfield under her head. Oh, Peggy, I told you to watch your step, did I not? Silly little child, I wonder what you'll dream of. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built 
on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build the mausoleum for the ones who will never die? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see, with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash the town whispers if you would like to support us in other ways please consider following us on facebook and instagram and on twitter at the town whispers or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts for more information on the show please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com i got the ghost of you inside of catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 